presence a little bit today. Here in your yes, presence, Lord. everything bows before Hallelujah, Jesus. I said it earlier, we serve a good God. How many of you know that in this room today? The way maker, the redeemer, our rock, our shield, our fortress, the father to the fatherless, our everlasting father. Yes, Lord. Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah, Jesus. In every way, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. Lord, we serve a good God, and today we're going to celebrate the goodness of God. I hope you're ready to celebrate with me, because I'm ready to celebrate. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you guys so much. I'm excited to be here today. I've got a word from the Lord. I couldn't wait to get up here. So let's... Let's go to the word of the Lord. Let's say a prayer with me real quick. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. That you will anoint my mouth, God. And that you will till up our hearts, God. That we'll accept the word of God, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you. Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to the word of the Lord today. Psalms 34 and verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusteth in him you guys can have a seat tonight yes we serve a good God everything he does is for our own good and blessed is the man that trusteth in him blessed is the man who puts his faith in the Lord and by faith I've had an awakening in the last few months about faith 
We say, we know in Hebrews it tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. But it's not talking about hope like I hope I win the lottery tomorrow or I hope I get a new car or I hope I get an outfit. When Paul wrote that word hope, he was talking about a confidence in the promises of the word of God. We should be walking in confidence in the promises of the word of God because we serve a good God. So today we're going to go through some of these promises because I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good for yourself. Hallelujah. How many of you guys remember, if you have children, how, you, how many of you remember the first time you ever gave your child ice cream? And you watch their face light up and they're like, wow, this is good. My kids are 10 and 9 and I'm still looking for things that they haven't tried so I can give it to them so they can see how good it is. And I've been also making it my personal point to show everybody that I come in contact with how good God's been in my life and in the people's life around me. We want that to shine. We want to put our faith in God's promises. We, we know that his promises are for our good. So we're going to go through some of them today. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 through 28. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God which I command you this day, and a curse if ye not obey the commands of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day, and go after other gods which ye have not known. Now thank God we got a good pastor, right guys? And he's been teaching us about faith and obedience. Because everything I'm getting ready to talk about up here ain't going to make much sense if we don't have faith and obedience in our life. That's what he just said here. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God. So what are these commands? Let's flip forward a little bit to Deuteronomy 28. Because this is Moses handing down the commandments and talking to the children of Israel. The seed of Abraham. God's chosen people. And these are some of the promises that are promised to God's people. Starting in verse 1, it says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and are careful to keep his commands. So again, we're going right back to that faith and obedience thing. If we are careful to keep his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will sit you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all of these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. That's why I don't listen to the news. I don't care what's going on in the world today. We're set high above the nations of this world today. I don't need to worry about the problems of this world because according to God's word and the promise, if I, if I believe and I obey his commands, then I'm not going to be subject to the nations of this world. I'm high above them. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. How many want our towns and our fields to be blessed? 
Your children and your crops will be blessed. I know we want our children and our crops blessed. I don't want my kids growing up in a bad situation. I don't want to have to deal with... I know that if I live my life according to the word of God, his promises say that my children will be blessed. Hallelujah. The offsprings of your herds and flocks will be blessed. So not only your children will be blessed, your flocks' children will be blessed. That's how good our God is. He ain't just going to take care of us. He takes care of our pets. He takes care of our whole household. Your fruit baskets and your bread <laughs> breadboards. I could have pronounced that. I did that just so you'd laugh. Your breadboards will be blessed. And whatever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. How many of us are seeking that blessing today? That everywhere we go and everything we touch, they see the goodness of God that we leave behind. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. You won't have to fight them. You won't have to fight back. We're free to live in love and just keep being like Jesus while he fights the battles for us. They will attack you in one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will, and will fill your storehouses with grain. He's never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread, right? Right? If we, can, if we can have faith and we can obey His commandments. If you obey the commands of your Lord, your God, and walk in His ways. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore he would do. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm so grateful for this promise. I'm so grateful that he restores us to a place where we can walk in his presence. We can feel him move. We can come to his house. We can experience his goodness. This is what the world is looking for. And we need to be examples of that to the people that we come in contact with every day. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they will stand in awe of you. Ah, oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Our lives should be a shining example of God's goodness to this world. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. Blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in heaven and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations and you will never need to borrow from them. Mm, that sounds hard to believe. That sounds hard to believe. Well, let me give you guys a testimony. I'm living in a house right now that I never got a loan for. I never had to go to a bank for. I never had to, I never had to beg the world to, to help me out. Not because, not because of anything I did. Not because of my greatness. But because a man of God told me that God was going to give me something big this next year. And I'd never doubt God again. 
For five years, me and my wife, when we first got married, before we had kids, <laughs> you can get a lot done before you have kids. But before we had kids, we taught a Bible study in a different city every night of the week. We were, we were moving and grooving. We were doing things for God. We were obeying his word. We were walking in his will. And then a man of God promised me. And I began to move with faith in that promise. I didn't hear it and think, well, that's crazy. That's never going to happen. But I walked by faith and said, God, let me, let me just believe that your word is true. Let me just taste for a minute and let me see if there's goodness in this. And the more I tasted, the more I seen how good God is. He's never let us down. Now, we've had trials. Everybody's got trials. But you know what? We say God's good and the devil's bad. Well, my God's better than the devil's worst. And no matter what he throws at me, my God is better than his worst. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors. Prosperity in our land. Does that mean I'm going to win the lottery? I'm going to get a million dollars? No, but that means that I'm never going to beg bread. That means that he's always going to be on my side. That he loves to see me happy. That he wants to bless my life because he loves you. You know, he loves you. You know, I, I, I've talked about giving my kid ice cream and seeing his face light up. The reason why I do that is because I love him and I want to bless him. But I'm an earthly father. I'm not the heavenly father. I can't love half as good as God loves. And he loves each and every one of you sitting in this seat today. And he wants to bless each and every one of you sitting in this seat today. It's not, he's not getting a kick out of hard times that we're going through down here. He mourns with those who mourn. He cries with those who are going through hard times. And then he blesses them and he raises them up. And he continues to bring us from victory to victory. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Lord will send rain at the proper time. He will make sure that we're refreshed and we're renewed when we need to be. If we listen to these commands from the Lord your God that he has given you today. And be careful to obey them. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will always be on top and never on the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands that I'm giving you today, nor follow after gods and worship them. Because they have nothing good to offer you. This world doesn't want you to prosper. It doesn't want to see you do good. Everything that we see in this world that's wrong and bad does not come from my father. Because my father... All good things come from my Father, and He doesn't even show a shadow of changing. He's not going to wake up tomorrow and decide to start being mean to His people. He's going to continue to love us for an eternity, as long as we're willing to live in that love. So these are all the blessings that they promised to the children of Israel, to Abraham's descendants. But in Galatians 9, or 3 and verse 29, it says, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham and you are heirs to God's promise and it belongs to you. 
Abraham's promise belongs to you if you identify yourself in Christ. If you've been baptized in his name and you've been filled with his Holy Spirit, then I'm a child of God. I belong to the promises in this book. Hallelujah, Jesus. And he's a good God. He wants you to taste and see today how good he is. You can't show me anywhere in this Bible where Jesus isn't being good. You can't show me where he stops loving for a second. He's full of love. Let's go to John chapter 9. Let's see how loving he is. Because he encounters a man who is blind and he heals his eyes. And pastor, I prepared this before. I found out what you were going through. But I want you to have faith too. Because he heals the blind. He loves his people. Hallelujah. So it says, then he spit on the ground. This is the man explaining to people around him. They're asking him, how did you get healed? How did Jesus make such a difference in your life? So he tells them, he spit on the ground. He made mud in the saliva and he spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. I hope Jesus doesn't tell me, come down there and spit in your eye, Pastor. <laughs> because we should be following the Spirit and obeying. And God doesn't do everything the way we think he did. Who would have thought he had made mud in the ground to fix somebody's eyes? But Jesus cared about this man who was blind. If you've ever had to live with someone with a disability, you realize it changes everything about their life. We see, okay, the guy was blind, now Jesus healed him, hallelujah. But this man was blind for his entire life. He couldn't see, he couldn't do. He, there's a lot of things that he couldn't even accomplish because he did not have sight. But God, but Jesus, but Jesus loved him and was so good that he changed this man's entire life. So he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So the man went and washed and came back seen. So once again here, we see God shows up, he loves somebody, but then he gives them a command. He tells them, go wash in the pool so the man feels God's love and he gets God's command and he puts his faith behind his obedience and he goes and does what God tells him to do and it changes his life for forever so they ask him who healed you and what happened and he told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes. And he told me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed and now I can see. And they said, where is he now? He said, I don't know. And they took the man who had been blind to see the Pharisees. So they say, who is this guy that changed your life? And then they take him to the church leaders to explain himself. But it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed the man. And the Pharisees asked the man all about it. So they told him, 
He put mud over my eyes, and then I washed it, and then I could see. And some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus, is not from God, for he's working on the Sabbath. Oh, aren't we happy that Jesus doesn't play by the rules? He doesn't have to play by the rules. He made the rules. He can break the rules. And that's what's so beautiful about how he can bless my life. Because I just read all those blessings and people are sitting there like, how is he going to bless my fields? How is he going to bless my children? How is he going to make this way where I don't see where there's this way? But my God doesn't play by the rules. He doesn't have to work within the bounds of reality that we live in. He's a big God. He's a good God. He loves you. He wants to bless you. And nothing Nothing in this world can stop him from doing it. As long as we believe and obey. But others said, how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Isn't that the way of the world? They just can't figure out how Jesus is doing such good things. So they all start arguing and they get divided. Instead of just tasting and seeing how good it is. Why didn't they just look at this man and say, you were blind and now you can see? That's all I need to hear. That's telling me that what you tasted was good. Now where can I get a bite of that? Where can I go taste some of that goodness? But they didn't. They got divided in their opinions. And when the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what is your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. This guy says, I don't know who or what he is, but there's one thing I know. He's good. I tasted for myself, and I, I can see that he's good. There's no more question in my mind. He must be a prophet. You say he's a sinner. You say he worked on the Sabbath. He ain't abiding by the rules, but I can tell for myself that he's good because I couldn't see, and now I can see. No one else could convince this man other than that because he got to taste it for himself. So for a second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this. And so he should, because it was God who saved him. It was God who helped him. It was God who helped him to see and opened his eyes. And he should get the glory for this. And he did get the glory for this. This man worshiped God for the things that were done in his life. Because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. Thank God he doesn't mind being called a sinner because he loves sinners. Thank God that he came down and touched our lives and made us no longer the way we were, but took us to a place where we can be in fellowship with him. He didn't just leave us a sinner. He loved us as sinners but the man says I don't know whether he's a sinner the man replied but I know this I was blind but now I can see I don't know if he's a sinner I don't know who he is all I know is my life was bad and now my life is good I've got to tell somebody about how my life went from bad 
to good. Your life can go from bad to good with one touch of the master's hand. One touch of his hand. Hallelujah, Jesus. And they still can't figure it out. They're like, but what did he do? They ask, how did he heal you? We want to know what he actually did in your life to make it so much better. But look, the man exclaimed, I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear again? Do you want to become his disciple too? Because he found out, he said, if I stand here long enough and I tell you long enough how good he is, if I keep showing you how much he's blessed my life, how different I am now than I was when I began, if I let his glory flow, you'll be his disciple too. You'll want something to do with this. You'll want to taste for yourself and see how good he is. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's a good God. Yes, a way maker. The one who heals the blind eyes. Allows us to see the way he would have us to see. So then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am his disciple. That's not a put down. You can put that on me any day. I am his disciple. But we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. This man didn't come from Moses. Moses came from this man. That's how it really goes. Moses came from God. They're following the man instead of the one who sent him. Why that's strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he come from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of somebody born blind. And if this man were not from God, he could not have done it. Nobody's ever opened the eyes of the blind. But our God. Our God opens the eyes of the blind. Our God can make water come from the rock. Our God can make bread fall from the heaven. Our God is the one who blesses us and keeps us and provides for us. And eventually will live with us for an eternity in love in his kingdom because he loves us and because he is a good God. I want everybody I meet to taste and see how good God is. I want to see their face light up like my kid's face when I gave him ice cream, when they taste and see how good God really is. And if we keep going, right, this is chapter 9, right at the end of chapter 9 here. And if you just keep going a little bit into the next chapter, because they weren't all divided. This was Jesus still speaking. And he tells them the secret behind it all. He says in verse 10, in chapter 10, The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose was to give them a rich and satisfying life. 
He said, it wasn't me who made this man blind. The enemy stole his sight, but I'm the one who restored it and gave him back a life that was more abundant. Too many times this world blames my God for the bad that's going on in it. But my God is all good and all love. The enemy is the one who steals, kills, and destroys. Any of the bad stuff that's going on in our life, I'm not going to blame it on God. I'm going to blame it on the enemy because he's the one who came to kill, steal, and destroy. But I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to give him glory for it. I'd rather spend my time talking about the good that God's done and ignore all the petty, dumb stuff that the enemy's done in my life. Because again, his worst isn't better than my God. My God is better than his worst that he can throw at us. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you guys will come, I'm going to make it short and sweet. That way you'll want me to come back. Hallelujah. But yes, Lord, we want to show this world how good you are. We want them to be able to taste it for themselves. I want people who come in this building to be hungry, ready to be fed from the word of God coming over this pulpit. In John chapter 6 and verse 51, Jesus tells them, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this is the bread which I offer to the world so that they may live. It is my flesh. Jesus wants us to have him in our innermost being. He doesn't just want us to, to, to taste a little bit. He wants us to consume him. He wants to fill us full of his love and full of his power so that we're an example to this world of how good and how great he is. And we can shine love to everyone we come in contact with. Psalms 34 says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak of his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. Hallelujah, Jesus. No fear can hold anybody in this room because we know the one who frees us from fear. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my depression, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all of my troubles. And the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joy of those who take refuge in him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Oh, Lord, we want to taste your goodness in this room today, God. We want to be fed, Lord, full of you, Lord, that we'll have eternal life, God, and blessings flowing in our life, God. Not just so we can be, so we can attract others to you, God.
Three times, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me, Peter? Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord. Of course, I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. He asked him again, Peter, do you love me, Peter? Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. I'm following you. I'm with you. I love you. And he said, then feed my sheep. A third time, Jesus finally, Peter broke down and said, God, you know I love you. And he told him, then feed my sheep. That tells me that if I want to show God my love for him, then I need to feed his sheep. I don't want to just say I love you, God. I want to show people around me your goodness. I want to feed your sheep so they can taste and see for themselves how good you are. Because then you'll know that I love you, Lord. Please stand with me tonight. Yes, Lord. He's so good. About a year ago, I decided that I was sick of just having a small taste of God. But I was going to pull up a chair and I was going to eat like it was Thanksgiving dinner. I was going to eat until I was so full that I couldn't take it anymore. I'm done living the way the world tells me that it's okay. We can just get by. We can just burn and struggle. I don't want to live that way no more. I want to live in a way that attracts people to his house. I want to live in a way that when I pray for someone, it's not affected because I know him and his faith flows through me. But I'm not going to walk in his faith if I'm not obeying his word and I'm not full of Jesus. This book has got all the Jesus you need in it. We need to be opening it. We need to be reading it. We need to be eating it. We need to be consuming this so that it comes out of us and it's everything he wants us to be. We're going to open up this altar today. And I'm going to invite you to come and taste for yourself and see how good God is. I could stand here like that blind man and I could convince you and if I talk long enough, yeah, you'll become his disciple. But if you taste for yourself, you'll never forget how good God is. And if you've been eating healthy and you're full and you're like, man, I got all the Jesus I need, then join me up at this altar today and let's pray that this place will be a beacon of hope and that God will send the hungry. That God will send people who are sick of just having a small snack but want to eat a meal with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They want a life that's blessed too. They want a life that's full of joy and happiness. They want a life like God's given us because of our faith and obedience. So let's shine that to this world and let's pray today that the hungry will come because we know what will satisfy what they need we know what is good it's time for us to share it it's time for us to share it with this world 
We can't just live and not obey God's commands and not live in his blessings because we're not going to draw anybody to him. But if we live in obedience and faith, we will shine like light in this dark world. We will attract hungry people to the very thing that they need more than anything. Jesus. So please come. Come with us. Our elders are going to be up here praying for people. If you need healing, I'd love for you to taste and see how good God is. I'd love for you to taste and see his healing power. You are perfect in all of your ways. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. Say in your prayer.